turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, uh, the 8th chapter. This morning, we are going to consider verses 37 through 59. We will pray, then we'll read the passage, and then divide the text and make some applications as we go. The title of this morning's message, uh, The Words of Christ. It is the words of Christ believed or rejected that determines what family you belong to. Whose family are you in? Depends on how you receive the words of Christ. And not just, when I, when I say the words of Christ, I don't mean just the words that Christ says in the text. I mean that the words of Christ or the words concerning Christ that uh, permeate the scriptures from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation. So let us pray first. Father, we do ask and thank you and praise you uh, for speaking to us through your scriptures. Lord, we ask for your grace in Jesus' name that we might receive Believe and live according to your holy word. We ask today that those who are not yet in the family of God would believe the words concerning Christ by the power of your Holy Spirit. For us who believe this morning, I ask that you would fill us afresh with your enabling grace. And all of this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So before we dive into the text and read this morning, I'm going to backtrack just for a, a couple of minutes or a long couple of minutes um, to backtrack where we left off two weeks ago. And so first, let us consider chapter eight, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. As I said a couple of weeks ago, Jesus is not concerned about building a large following unless that following is a people of genuine saving faith. And so this statement of Jesus is a distinction between those with a spurious faith, those with a fickle faith, those with a faith that has been choked out by the cares of the world, a faith that has no root, distinguishing that between that and a genuine faith, a saving faith, a freedom from sin kind of faith, a dependent, a grace-dependent faith. A faith that is rooted and grounded in the love of God. A faith that perseveres through any circumstance. So this morning as we dive into this, I want us to understand this, that not everyone who attends your worship service with you and calls themselves Christian are part of the family of God. Not all of our family members who might give some passing statement that they believe in God, are part of the family of God because they don't believe the words concerning Christ. They don't believe Jesus. They don't believe what God's word says about Jesus. So they might have some ideas about who Christ is. They don't believe him. 
And what we're going to see this morning as we unfold this passage is that believing is more than making some confession that I am a Christian. That, that believing, if you break it down, is by living. It is a belief such that you receive the word of Christ and live according to it. And not only that, that it is the word of Christ received that is kept. That is those who keep the word. They hear the word. They believe the word. They live according to the word, but they keep it. They keep the word of God. So as we jump into that, I want you to think about those things that there is a cultural Christianity out there. A lot of people think that they are Christian because they do some Christian things and they hang out with some Christian people. But they don't believe the words of Christ. The word of Christ is not in them. So we're going to see that in this passage this morning. So let us move forward to verse 37, which is where I left off um, uh, last time in verse 36, a couple weeks ago. So verse 37, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because your word, my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear them is you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, well, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glory, glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God, but you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, 
and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have seen, have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So Jesus here is addressing a crowd of Jews who believed Jesus. Sort of. Uh, Some believed him in a saving way, and others believed Jesus until until his words clashed with their prejudices, when the words clashed with their predilections, their, their, their preferences. Jesus says here, only those who abide in my word, when everything they know, everything they love, everything they desire comes in conflict with it, only those who will stand fast in my word, who believe my word, who know my word, only those who stand fast when everything in the world comes in conflict with my word, if you still believe, you are truly my disciples. You see, the family of God are those who by God's mercy and by God's grace believe and abide in the words of Christ. And they persevere in his word until the very end. Jesus is making clear distinction between those who are of God and those who are not. Remember what John wrote in the prologue uh, to his gospel concerning Christ in chapter 1, in verses 12 and 13. It says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were not born, who were born not, not of the blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And you might recall the words that Jesus said to Nicodemus in chapter 3, verse 3. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus makes the distinction when the words of Christ concerning his flesh and his blood cause some to depart from him. Remember that when we looked at chapter 6, that Jesus talking about his death and resurrection is the only way to, to come to, to be part of the family of God, that you must partake of him to become, uh, to be part of the family of God. And it causes some, even disciples who've been following him, to walk away. And he's like, these are not truly my disciples. Let's look at chapter 6, verses 60 through, through um, 65. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe in those uh, who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Notice the words of Christ here are believed by the true disciples even when they go against their human sensibilities. See, their human sensibilities say, he's asking me to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, but... That, that just goes against my sensibilities. But I believe his words. I believe what he says. I don't know what that means exactly, right? I think 100% that they didn't 100% know what that meant. 
They just knew that this was the Christ and that, that, that God had revealed to them that, that they need to believe what he says. And, and he says, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood or you're not part of me. And the true disciples, they believed it even when it went against their human sensibilities. And then Jesus reminds them, the flesh, your flesh is no help at all. Then who can be part of the family of God, you might ask? Who is it in here who can be part of the family of God when your flesh is no help at all? Verse 65, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to them by the Father. What is the evidence? What is the evidence of your inclusion in the family of God? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Only those who abide in the words of Christ when everything they know, everything they love, everything they desire come in conflict with it, they are truly his disciples. The family of God are those who by God's mercy and by God's grace receive, believe, and abide in the words of Christ and they persevere in his word until the end. Let us look back at chapter 8, verses 37 and 38 a little more closely. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Jesus said, I speak words that are from above. I speak from what I have seen of my father in heaven. You are right in saying that you have been born of Abraham's family. But Jesus is subtly saying, but you live according to another father. You live according to someone else. Your behavior, what you do, tells me who you listen to. How you live tells me who you listen to and who you really belong to. This is what Jesus is intimating here. What you do, you do what you've heard from your father. What you do, right? He's clear. I say what I have seen from my father, but you do what you have heard from your father. Who are you listening to? I would ask us this this morning to ponder this as I have pondered it all week, and it is a very convicting thought. Does your behavior reflect in whom you have believed? Do you live according to the latest conspiracy theory? Or do you live according to the words of Christ? Do you measure your opinion about things over against the word of God? I have a strong opinion about these things, but what does the word of God say? I'm not quite sure what it says. Maybe I ought to be quiet. Maybe I have a pretty strong opinion, but I'm not quite sure what God's word would have me say. Maybe I ought to just be quiet. Do I measure my opinion and say, my opinion is this, but God's word says this? Is your allegiances to an, a political ideology, to a, a, a nationalistic sort of patriotism, or is your allegiance to the words of Christ concerning his kingdom first? 
Do you apply the same kind of energy to your study of the Word of God as you do to partaking in a patriotic stance? Are you an American who believes in Christ? Or, rather, are you a Christian who by grace is an American? Are you one who is in Christ who happens to live here? To happens to be blessed to be live, and live in such a nation? It depends on how you take things, right? What is preeminent in your life? What is the driving force? In other words, does your behavior indicate that you are submitted to the words of Christ? Or are you trusting, and I think some do, it's a shame to see that some trust that their, their, their cultural sense of Christianity will somehow save them. I'm a Christian by virtue of being born in America. I remember that when my son was quite a bit younger and he, he had this girl who came to our house and she had dinner and she's sitting with us and my wife poses this question to her. She says, so are you a Christian? And she says, yeah, I'm half Christian on my mom's side. So my wife says, I don't think you get it. <laughs> I don't think you understand. That's not how it works, right? So she explains the gospel to her a couple of times. So she says, are you a Christian? And the answer was the same, unfortunately. Yes, I'm half Christian on my mom's side. Well, so that's no joke, really. I mean, it's a joke. It's funny when we sit and listen to that. But when you think about it, that there is a culture of that even in the American church where I am a Christian by virtue of I take the right stand ideologically, right? I'm taking all the right stands. I'm in agreement with all of the conservative values that Christians hold. I even attend worship service once every five or six weeks, whether I need it or not, right? I even join in with some of these people. I even sing some of their songs. So I must be in Christ. I would say submission to the words of Christ. That's what Jesus is driving at. Submitted to the words of Christ and staying in it until the end, persevering. We're going to get to our failures in a moment, but verse 39, they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. Jesus here says that although you claim to be the offspring of Abraham, your life does not imitate his. If you belong to him, your works and his would be the same. Well, what was the work of Abraham? Well, Genesis 15, 6, that is quoted in Romans uh, 4, 3, says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So the offspring of Abraham are those who imitate his work. What is the work? I believe God. I believe God. I believe what his word says. I believe what God's word says concerning the person of Jesus Christ, that without the atonement of Christ, I'm undone. That there's no way for me to do any work worthy of God's mercy. But God gave me mercy, and by grace I believe that 
Christ is sufficient for me. I believe in his death and resurrection. I believe in somehow that I partake in his body broken. That I am somehow united to him in his death by the power of the Holy Spirit, by God's grace, by some miracle. I believe that to be true. That I have been washed in his blood and I am made new. I believe that to be true. I believe the words concerning Christ. And now my duty as a Christian, if that's what I really am, is to imitate him. To imitate what his word says until it becomes who I am. See, at first we're all just kind of, you know, going along, right? When you first become a Christian, it's like, I'm imitating Christ because I don't know how to live. I have no idea how to live in a way that is pleasing God. But I also know that the word says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith in Christ, it is possible for me to please God. And so now I'm just going to imitate him. I'm just going to try to do what he did. I don't have it in me, but by faith, I know that it is his death and his resurrection that saved me. So I'm just going to imitate him. He's always pleasing to God. So I'm going to imitate him. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that by faith. Those who are part of the family are those who believe the word of God concerning his Christ. Those who are part of Abraham's family, Jesus is telling these people who say that they believe, who are claiming a familial connection to God through Abraham. Those who really belong to Abraham do the works that Abraham did. They believe God by faith. They believe what God says concerning his Christ. Romans 9, 6-8 says, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac your offspring shall be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Those who believe the promise of God and his word concerning his Christ are those who are Abraham's children. Listen to what Romans 4, 13 through 17 says. For the promise to Abraham and to his offspring that, that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the, for it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs. Faith is null, and the promise then is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, there is no transgression. That's why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. The members of the family of God are those that John, as John wrote in the prologue, children of grace, those who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. The family of God are those to whom the righteousness that is required of us has been imputed to us by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone to the glory of God alone, underneath the authority of the scripture 
alone. Let us look further at verse 40 through 47. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual morality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. This is a very bold passage. It's very straightforward. This will be a passage that maybe some churches might throw me out of for saying the truth of what it says. Because the truth of what it says is this. There are only two Families on the whole earth. There are those who were born in iniquity, those who are the sons and daughters of Adam, and those who were born again of the Spirit, who are adopted into the family of God in Christ Jesus through faith. There are those who abide in the words of Christ, and there are those who take their orders from the prince of the power of the air. Two people, two families, only two. They're trying to claim their lineage in Abraham. And he says, if you did the works of Abraham, you would be in his family and you would be indeed in the family of God because you received the word of God by faith. You would be part of the family of God. But as it is, you are the family of the devil, of the evil one. And your desire is to do what he wants you to do. That is your desire. There are those who abide in the words of Christ and those who take their orders from the prince of the power of the air. There exist those who love God and are called according to his purpose by grace through faith. And there are those who cannot bear to hear the word of God because it classes clashes against their prejudices and it clashes against their personal preferences. I might say I believe in God until the hard truth comes. Some of you might be saying I believe in God, but what you're telling me right now is hard truth that there's there's a hard line between those who are in the family and those who are not. Well, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. That there are two families those who believe by faith in the words of Christ and those who do not. That's it. That's the dividing line, friends. That's a dividing line that, that we have with our neighbors and our family members. Do you believe the words concerning Christ or not? If you do not, we need an act of God immediately. We should be pleading and, play, and praying that, an act, that by God's grace and His mercy, He would immediately send the Holy Spirit in amongst us to convict our neighbors, our friends, and our family members of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that they might believe the words concerning Christ, that by faith in His atoning death and resurrection, they would have eternal life. 
we ought to be praying urgently and fervently for that very thing. Jesus delivers the hard truth here to the offspring of Abraham who belong to him in name only. You cannot bear to hear the truth. You abandon the word concerning God's Christ when your biases are exposed. And he says to them, even to the point of murderous intent, that when the word of God comes at you and you don't like what it says, you become murderous, hateful. How many times have your people you've spoken to and you tell them the word about Jesus Christ and his atoning death are all of a sudden haters of you? Pretty quickly, isn't it? It happens. I hate you because you've told me the truth. They can't abide in the truth. They can't hear the truth. They can't bear to hear the truth. The reason you cannot hear and believe the words of Christ, Jesus says, is that you are not of God. So I would ask us to ponder this this morning. Are you a Christian in name only? What evidence is there that, that you would point to that would indicate that you are truly a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you abiding in the word of God concerning his Christ? When I say abiding, I mean enduring, persisting, constantly dependent upon the word of God for faith and for practice. Is the word of God in you? It's another question. Is the word of God in you? When the pressure to abandon the word of God comes, does the word of God concerning his Christ flow from you as a matter of practice? Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Do you do the works of Abraham and believe? But it's not just believe anything. Do you do the works of Abraham and believe that your only righteousness, the only way to righteousness, is if God, by grace, imputes Jesus' righteousness on your behalf, if you believe by faith? That your righteousness is that you believe God and what God says concerning his Christ, concerning his death, concerning his resurrection. Do you believe God in word and in deed? Do you have a, an abiding love of Christ because the Father has demonstrated his love in sending his Son to die in your stead? When the Word of God confronts you, and I hope that it has, and I hope that it continues to daily, that when the Word of God confronts you, do you abandon it? Do you make excuses for why it doesn't apply to you? Or do you say, God said it. I believe it. God said it. I don't know what to do with it, but God said it. Hearing the words of Christ, do you believe? If you believe, the evidence is proved by obedience to the word that you confess. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 6, it says, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. As we move ahead, let's look at verse 51. 
Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. To those who have been chosen for eternal life, those who have the word of God in them, true disciples of Jesus Christ, those who by hearing believe the word of God, they keep the word of God even unto death. They don't shrink back. Think about what Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says. And they have conquered or overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they love not their lives even unto death. Are you keeping the word of God? Let's look at verses 52 through the end. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God, but you have not known him, I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he, he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. At this time, you might be thinking this. I said it is those who keep his word, those who abide in his word, those who believe his word against all odds. You might be asking yourself, who is sufficient for such things? Which one of us in here is sufficient for such things? I know my frame. I know my tendency to shrink under pressure, you might say. I desire to be steadfast in God's word. But the world does appeal to my flesh. And I often succumb to it. Who is sufficient for such things? Jesus says, I am, I am, I know the Father and I always keep his word. Jesus says, I am, I and the Father are one. Who is sufficient for such things? Jesus says, I am, I am. To the fickle faith Jew, Jesus says, Abraham believed the Father concerning me. He believes that God would send me to save sinners. The true disciple believes in word and in deed that Jesus is not a way to God, but that Jesus is the great I am. That Jesus is the one who spoke in the burning bush. That Jesus is indeed one with the Father. He is God in the flesh. If we think back, Jesus here by saying, I am, is alluding back to the prologue. Chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And from the beginning of the prologue, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I am. I am sufficient for such things. I always please the Father, he would say. 
Do you believe the word of God concerning Christ, that it is by faith in Jesus' work and his perfected work that you will be counted righteous? It's about faith, brothers and sisters. It's about faith. Do you believe the words of Christ? The true disciple abides in God's word and abides in the word concerning the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Christ is sufficient. That's really all we can say, isn't it? When somebody calls you out on your attitude or your problem or whatever it is, yeah, you're right, brother. I am a knucklehead, but Christ is sufficient for me. I'm putting my faith and my trust in him because if it's up to me, I'm going to blow it. If it's up to me, I'm going to fail. If it's up to me to keep his word all the time, 100% of the time, if it's up to me to live according to his word 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm going to fail. But Christ is the I am. I believe what God's word says concerning him. He is sufficient for me. So therefore, I repent and try to please him by living, by faith, by imitating him. So are you in the family of God, friends? Really? Are you part of God's family? If you're part of God's family, you will trust what God's word says concerning his Christ. Because that's all you've got to lean on, friends. Can you imagine going before the throne of God the Father and you're having to plead your cause? Imagine this. One day, every one of us will say, Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, wouldn't you hate to have to go before God the Father, before the Almighty God, and he says, plead your cause. Tell me why you think you deserve to be here. Anyone who goes to heaven did not deserve to get there. You understand that? Not one. Everyone who goes to hell deserves to go there. I stand here as the preacher this morning saying, I deserve hell. I deserve it. Because where by my own actions, my own behavior, my own attitude, I belong. But by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe the words concerning Christ. And because of that, we can boldly come to the throne of God's grace. I will plead my cause before you, Father God. I plead Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's my only plea. I plead Jesus Christ and him crucified for sin. And then I'll praise you, Father, for your mercy and your grace and your kindness toward me. Let us take a moment to reflect on God's word. And Father, we do ask that, that your word would have its way in us that we would take a moment and think about how you are calling us to respond this morning to your word. We ask, Lord, for your grace and your mercy to make it take its full effect in our lives, Lord. We praise you for the atoning death of Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we plead our cause before you, Lord. It is in him 
that we have been accounted righteous and that we have become part of the family of God, that we have the right to become children of God because we receive Jesus Christ and all that you say that he is by faith. We praise you, Father, for your provision for us. In Jesus' name, amen.